second week of lockdown. Welcome to the Santon Times podcast. Great to have you uh, listening again. All is well in Santon land. Uh, I wonder how your second week was. Taking another look out the window and yeah, it's quiet, 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 quiet in Santon. Then if you ventured out, I took some time uh, this week again to have to go out. Unfortunately, I had a family member that ended up having a bit of an accident. Ah, well, a little bit of an accident. It was uh, They managed to hit their head against a, a door quite violently and had to go for stitches. So there was no other way but to go out into the uh, the world and uh, take them to hospital, which was a bit daunting because uh, I suppose hospitals are not really the place you want to have to go to right now. When it's an emergency, it's an emergency. But I'll tell you a little bit about that uh, later. Hopefully got an interview lined up for you as well around uh, the hospitals in and around Santon. Uh, maybe get a quick update on what's going on there if you haven't uh, been there. Great to have you uh, be part of the show again. And I'd like to uh, give a special welcome to all our listeners in Namibia, Botswana, the UK, Indonesia, Mozambique, Australia, and Tanzania. So the first bit of data came through uh, on the podcast from uh, the last couple of weeks. And those are where people are listening. So that's great. I mean, apart from Santon, uh, we've got uh, a bit of a global audience going, which is really awesome. I suppose the lockdown is uh, lending itself beautifully to, to, to getting some podcasts. So off the bat, if you want to get in touch, don't forget you can email editor at santontimes.co.za. You can connect with the Santon Times on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, all of them. I mean, whatever social media you're on, you can uh, you can connect. And if you want to uh, maybe share some thoughts, get uh, get get some ideas out there, you can use the hashtag hashtag Santon Times Podcast. You can have a look at the Santon Times blog, SantonTimes.co.za. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. And you can also rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and on SoundCloud. And there's something really exciting that SoundCloud uh, launched uh, this week, and uh, I'd encourage you to take a look at that. You can now support the Santon Times podcast directly on SoundCloud by visiting soundcloud.com forward slash Santon Times. You can click on the big blue support Santon Times button. Uh, you can help us uh, keep doing what we're doing right now. Uh, these are ever-changing times. Uh, the whole world has changed. The world economies have changed. It gives you a chance to make a contribution sow some money into this uh, into this podcast. No don't, no contribution is too big or too small, and it's really easy. It, uh, it operates on PayPal, and uh, yeah, you can uh, help us make this bigger and better. And uh, as the uh, as the world kind of comes back to, into a new normal, uh, we'll be able to uh, make this more interesting, more exciting, expand this a bit more with uh, the help of you, you the listener, you who's uh, been enjoying what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. We'll continue enjoying this as we go forward. Forward. It's been a busy week, uh, even though it's uh, it's still in lockdown. I think uh, a lot of us have found our groove in the second week. I mean, the first week is a bit of a all over the place. You're not quite sure exactly, uh, you know, how this is going to work, and you're probably figuring out the animals and the and the kids and the and the spouses and whoever else you're staying with. And if you're staying on your own, you're probably figuring out, well, how do I make this work for me? I'm on my own. You know, I don't want to have a um, a complete meltdown after the first week because I just miss seeing people. And you know, it's it's wild. I mean, we're moving from one screen to the other screen, uh, you know, we, that that's kind of our life now, right? We're, we're, we're looking at our mobile phone, we're looking at our desktop, we're looking at our laptop, our iPad, whatever. That's the only way we can stay in touch with people uh, is is through different screens. So by the time you get to bed at night, I mean, your eyes are, are ready to pop out. But one of the things I was working on this week, and it's really exciting, 
and I'm hoping we'll have this out in the next uh, week or two, is uh, a special edition podcast. So if you are subscribed to the Santon Times podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, whatever your your flavor is uh, in terms of podcast platforms, well, we're going to be releasing a special edition Santon Times podcast. I've been working meticulously uh, recording a, a half a dozen interviews with thought leaders in the business space. They are strategists, they are authors, they are academics, uh, th- those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, uh, who have great insight into a, a variety of different uh, business strategies and-, and how to manage different businesses. And this is really a, a service that the Santon Times podcast wants to give to uh, the greater community in terms of insights into how do you now make the best out of your business if you're running a small to medium-sized business. How do you make these difficult times work for you? How do you get through these difficult times? How do you make sure that you get back to some sort of normality at some point? How do you manage these troubled waters that we're going through? So we've had the most incredible lineup of people who've said, we are going to be part of this. This sounds like a great idea. We're going to share our thoughts in a series of 30-minute conversations, um, and there's going to be a a whole uh, library of these that you'll be able to get uh, off the Santon Times uh, podcast feed on on the different podcast platforms. Have a listen to them. I mean, even if you're in corporate, let's say you're working in a big company and you know, we know how it's going there. I mean, there's conversations of unpaid leave, there's things of people taking leave, there's uh, salary cuts, there's retrenchments, there's people going on to contracts, and it's also not that certain. So we've we've thrown in something into the mix there as well. How do you maybe make a side hustle work for you or find something new that could uh, supplement your salary that's now been cut by however many percent. So there's something in there for you. On that, on that front, if you're running a restaurant, a hairdresser, a florist, um, a small bakery, whatever it is, there's something there for you as well. So there's a whole range of different conversations and there's a little bit of everything. How do you digitize your, your business as well? So how do you take it into the online space? You know, up until now, it's possibly been a little bit of a, a headache or, you know, you're not, marketing's not really your thing and you've kind of, you know, messed around with a Facebook page and a Twitter account, but you've never really had a website. You've never been able to sell through a website. We did a conversation on that as well. So it's really a, a, an archive of different conversations and once uh, I think the first batch of them are up be great to hear from you get your thoughts and also get your feedback maybe you're saying to me you know I want to hear more of um of a certain uh, topic or a certain industry, can you find somebody that you could chat to that can maybe give us some insights there? Because like we always say, we're in this together, right? I mean, if uh, we're only as strong as our, our weakest link, if a lot of the favorite restaurants and favorite businesses that we engage with don't get back into business, and there's some frightening stories that we also had while we were having this conversation of businesses that potentially or probably won't open again, after the 21-day lockdown, never mind beyond uh, beyond that, you know, you start getting a bit of a reality check. And, and that's really the sad truth of uh, what we're potentially facing. So the sooner we can move out of a fear, deer in the headlights, paralyzed by concern, anxiety kind of space and move into sort of a recovery, let's get into a solution mode, let's see how we can make this work, even if it means we have to kind of reduce the way we're doing things, or maybe changing the way we do business. There's something there. So uh, that's really the spirit of the of the conversations that I've recorded. You know what, let me give you a quick sample. Let's have a quick listen to this. I think that that change curve is absolutely crucial for all of us to grasp and understand because we first have to get ourselves under control. And I do believe 
that losing a business that you've invested in, that you've built, that you've had dreams for, is tantamount to losing someone close to you, someone that you love very dearly. It triggers fear, it triggers anger, it triggers apprehension, but there is no value in remaining in that state of mind. You've got to get to the other side of feeling upset, depressed, frustrated, and angry, and act. And in acting, I would think that every business should be looking at five tactics. So there you have it. Uh, that was a, a quick snippet of my conversation with uh, Pablo Fatidi's uh, CEO of Auric uh, Investment Holdings. And uh, that's just one of many, many interviews uh, that are going to be up on uh, the podcast uh, feed. So make sure you, you subscribe, make sure you share it with people as well, because I know that there's possibly a lot of uh, business owners, small business owners, uh, medium-sized business owners who are not subscribed to the podcast, who might not know about it. So do you know, put it on your Facebook page, share it on, on Twitter, whatever is the best way, your WhatsApp group, and uh, and get them to uh, subscribe, listen, and, and maybe there's something there. And, and there's some real gems coming out of these conversations. So incredibly inspiring. Right, let's get into the news uh, headlines or headlines that are making news in Santon this week. Uh, and as always, it's brought to you by MegaFlightDeals.com, your one-stop for non-stop cheap flights. I know we're not flying anywhere right now, and there might be a little bit of time before we start flying again locally, but just bookmark the page, uh, MegaFlightDeals.com. Uh, they've had the most fantastic deals before the lockdown and before all of this happened. And uh, I know that once uh, things get back to... Uh, some sort of routine, you'll probably see some great specials coming through. They've also got a Facebook page. So whatever your flavor is, you can uh, just connect with megaflightdeals.com, making this news bulletin possible. Okay, let's have a look at uh, some of the headlines. Uh, well, there's a, a young 30-year-old draftsman uh, who works at an office furniture manufacturer in Weinberg in Santon who won 100,000 Rand on Jacaranda FM's uh, breakfast show. So he was in lockdown with his wife, was listening to, to the radio station and uh, was following a promotion called Secret Sound and managed to figure out what the secret sound was. Uh, his name's Wayne. Martin Bester gave him a call. He figured out what the sound was and walked away with 100,000 Rand. Traffic in Santon is down, surprise, surprise. Uh, vehicle tracking company Tracker has worked with uh, a data analysis uh, company called uh, Lighthouse, and they released a report that looks at how we're behaving. The team at NetK911 and EmergyMed always uh, tag the Santon Times in on uh, accidents and uh, things that are happening on the roads. And I saw quite a few accidents taking place uh, on the on the road this past week, which is quite bizarre because there's not many people on the road and you kind of almost you, know, you almost think, what, what are these people doing driving around Johannesburg? But, you know, you don't really know what the story is. All you know is that they've, they've had an accident. And uh, so this, this particular report is looking at how compliant South, Africa's are, South Africans are as drivers during this lockdown. And what they found was that there was a 20% drop in traffic just before the lockdown. And then it went down by 75%. And I mean... If you're in the center of Santon, if you're driven in and around Greater Santon, you can just see that uh, it's very quiet. Nothing's going on. And the research actually found that within the two most compliant provinces, Santon in Gauteng and Durbanville, Franschhoek, and Nortok in the Western Cape, show a greater than 90% reduction in vehicle movement. No surprises there, I think. A lot of the big companies are based uh, in, in and around Greater Santon, and a lot of their uh, teams are working off-site, they're working from home. So the moment you sort of almost shut down the business heart, there's not much reason for traffic. And then finally, I came across the story uh, this past week of a hotel in Santon, 
that has decided to create a self-isolation space in style. And when I first saw this story, I thought, hmm, I'm not sure about this. This could could this be a could this be a, a true story? And the problem with with this time is, uh, and especially with uh, you know the world we're going through, you have to be so careful with. What stories do you believe? What stories don't you believe? Uh, you know, is this uh, is this possible? Because surely all the hotels are closed at the moment. So there's no better person to get on the line to uh, to discuss the story of the of a hotel that has converted itself and gone with the times, embracing the space that we're in in terms of lockdown. So I got the man at the helm of the Capital Ho- Hotel Group, Mark Wachsberger. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Alex. Well, let's dive into this because, as I said, I, I came across the story. I wasn't sure if I was reading the facts right. So le- let's work through this. So you've taken uh, the Capital Empire, which is sort of opposite Discovery in Santon, and you're turning it into a self-isolation style hotel space. Just talk us through that. So the Capital Empire, we've designated it as the first hotel that we know of in South Africa to take on COVID-positive but healthy people to isolate. We take them on uh, knowingly and we put in all uh, uh, PPT, which is the uh, protective gear to protect our staff from contracting COVID. What we're trying to do with Discovery is we're trying to isolate people who are COVID positive such that they don't go home to their families and isolate with them and obviously spread it to the family and make the family sick, which is unfortunately quite an automatic in a home environment. We're saying uh, when you get your test results or even when you think you've got it pending the test results, rather isolate in a hotel that has all the protocols in place to ensure you are isolated and the staff of ours are protected as well as nurses on site uh, to assist you and watch that you don't you know, get, uh, get worse, in which case we'll obviously move you to a hospital. So, Mark, you mentioned you've got uh, nurses on on standby. I guess people won't be able to leave their rooms, so there won't be the sort of uh, common breakfast area that we all know, the buffet downstairs where we go and we we help ourselves to cereal and fruit and and all these things. This will all then be served to people in their rooms. Correct. So the restaurant is closed. There's clearly no buffet, but the kitchen under the strictest protocols uh, is open. And the kitchen cooks three meals a day, which are included in the rate. And the kitchen also does room service, which is an uh, optional extra, and sends it up to the room. Uh, uh, All food is left at the door under social um, distancing protocols. All items are disposable to ensure that our staff don't get reinfected. And and so, yes, you are staying in a hotel uh, in isolation. A lot of our rooms are apartments, one-bedroom apartments. So that's like having your own home with your own ability to cook as well if you wanted, as well as washing machines, tumble dryers. So you have a home away from home for your probably 10-day stay is what Discovery has worked out is what's needed to get over COVID. And there's a a co-payment that Discovery makes to these 10-day stays? Yeah, so all Discovery members get a a 400 Rand per night discount. Uh, Our normal rate is under a thousand rand excluding meals so it's about 950 rand excluding meals 1350 per night including meals so really really uh, as inexpensive of an option as you can get and why is it that we're charging so little is for us it just keeps our staff working i mean this barely contributes to uh, to our business 
that it keeps our staff working. And number two is it stops the spread across South Africa. I mean, we as the hotel industry really need to do our part. And we're not doing our part just for this property as the capital empire. We're writing a recipe and uh, SOPs on how to now roll this out to the rest of the hotel industry. Unfortunately, the onslaught is coming nationwide and we need to uh, get ready for it. Let's get into that. I mean, you've got a, a, a quite a few properties in Greater Santon. Uh, this is the first one that's rolling that out. So is there a, a, a potential that you're going to be rolling this out to some of the other uh, capital properties? Yeah, we we have 11 hotels within our group, but only four of them would qualify for this, uh, simply because uh, the balance of our properties have people who reside there. For example, uh, you can imagine you don't want to have a COVID-positive property with a penthouse owner at the top. Uh, it just doesn't work. So it, it's more applicable for uh, self-contained hotels. W- we can really play a very small role in regard to the scale of this virus in May. And why I say May is that all the models done by um, Discovery as well as other uh, medical uh, companies out there are all really predicting that when the lockdown finishes and who knows how long it'll be extended for, but that's where you'll really see, unfortunately, the spread will take place and we need our hospitals to be ready for it and we need hotels to be ready for it. Mark, is there a criteria also in terms of the hotels uh, with proximity to other hospitals, to other medical support? Uh, I don't think so. I think you need to be within driving distance. This is the case of you go to a testing center, pending your results. You get into your car and you drive, maybe it's a half an hour drive to a property that uh, takes COVID positive. I mean, I don't think it really matters whether it's a half an hour drive or a two minute drive. The point is you need to be isolated. And if you're in your car and driving to our property in isolation, that's fine. Of course, we can't take people in Cape from who, who test positive in Cape Town, can't come to our Joburg hotels. And that's where we're saying, we need to roll this out nationally. It needs to be in every city. And I think it's something that is needed in the hotel industry as well, because really at least what it does is bring employment to your devastated industry. What happens once uh, we get to a point where things start uh, sort of fading out, uh, we kind of get back to whatever the new normal is going to look like? Do you then have to close the hotel, sanitize the hotel, uh, leave it closed for a certain period of time, almost like a bit of an airlock between uh, having COVID-19 patients in the hotel and then going back to normal trade? Well, remember, the protocols that we have in place is such that we keep our staff safe and uh, isolated. We isolate our staff within the hotel as well, uh, with their consent, of course, to stop them spreading from their families. But you can imagine, when one guest checks out, the sanitization levels that take place already then uh, is so severe that we deem that room to be sanitized. So in theory, we could bring people in quite soon after this epidemic finishes, But the reality is, yes, there probably will be a breather and there will be a further period of um, probably a month before we would reopen and we would go through even more intensive uh, sanitization efforts. And of course, some people would say, well, the stigma remains and I think we're past that. Have you had uh, any guests check into the Empire as yet? Yes, we have. Few to start. I think that... um, we're going to see it uh, uh, 
uh, unfortunately, we are going to get busy by uh, all models and predictions out there. Um, but for now, there's been just a few guests checked in, and you know, I think very, very happy and very appreciative. They actually were people who were stuck sitting in the hospital, utilizing a bed, paying a figure that was uh, not covered by medical aid because the medical aid said, well, you know, you're not a critical person that needs to be in a hospital. But they had to sit there anyway because there was nowhere to go. They were really appreciative to be able to come to us. And how's your, your team on the ground been, your staff? How have they uh, uh, taken on this new sort of innovative idea of, of running a hotel during a, a pandemic? Look, our, uh, our staff are just absolute champions. We, uh, we wrote every, per- every person a, a letter to ask them, uh, are you sure you want to get involved? Uh, do you understand the risks? Uh, are you a high-risk person in terms of being asthmatic or any of the questionnaire that we filled in? But every person just dived in. They, they, we're a family at the end of the day at the Capitol, and they want to help, and they want to play their role for South Africa. Dare I say as well, at the same time, they, they are wanting uh, employment. I think everyone knows in the hotel industry it's been absolutely devastated. And so as long as they're comfortable that we uh, have been putting in the best protocols in place, which we have, and have had the most significant training from Discovery, thankfully, on how to ensure that our staff are protected, I think they've been very pleased with it. But it's not impossible that they could contract the virus inside the hotel, in which case they themselves are, are also healthy and then just become essentially a guest in our hotel for the 10 days. Um, and uh, and they uh, obviously need to stay isolated in the property going forward. But we don't think so. You know, doctors and nurses on the front lines know how to protect themselves, and our staff have undergone that intensity level of training as well. Mark, how has all of this impacted uh, the Capital Hotel Group? I mean, when, when did you start seeing sort of declines in occupation, and, and, and kind of what is it looking like right now? So in the week before the president's first speech, we started seeing about a 30% reduction in, uh, in occupancy and forward bookings. But when the president's first speech came out, that's where we just saw just everyone left all at once. It was, we went from 80% to 60% to 10%. And then we launched a self-isolation campaign where we said that uh, for returning travelers, they could stay 14 days in our hotels in isolation. Uh, those are people who are called a higher risk, but they weren't COVID positive or as far as we knew. Uh, and others wanting to just isolate as well to stop the spread. So we pivoted into what we called sanitized sanctuaries as well as self-isolation hotels. And that's what Discovery saw in us. They saw our ability to adapt and they saw our ability to implement these protocols already on our own. And that's when they said, okay, uh, can we partner on the third leg of this, which is to uh, create COVID-positive hotels? And so what we've done is we've we've adapted. We, I think we're uh, we're hurting. We're hurting really badly. Let's not uh, fool ourselves. I mean, uh, we've been absolutely decimated because whatever business we do get back into our hotel group, and you know we've managed to climb up from that ten percent occupancy to about a 40 percent occupancy. Uh, the reality is that's much better than the industry, but it's still terrible rates and the income that comes with it is really barely enough to pay for a skeleton staff in our hotels. But for us, that's worth it because those are jobs that are protected. And if you compare that to just closing down, 
you know, at least there's something rather than nothing. Well, Mark, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. I think it's uh, quite a fascinating uh, bit of innovation and uh, pivoting that you've done uh, to adapt your business uh, in, in times of trial, but also looking at finding a solution, teaming up with companies in other sectors. And uh, I, re- I really look forward to catching up with you at a later stage to see how things have uh, rolled out and, um, and how the recovery looks like once, uh, as I say, once we get back to some sort of new normal. Yeah, thank you very much, Alex. Appreciate it, and I look forward to that new normal. There you have it, uh, Mark uh, Wachsberger of the Capital Hotel Group, the man uh, leading the way, and a very interesting idea. You can check yourself in for 1,350 rand a night, uh, which gives you some sort of self-isolation in a room, as Mark indicated, that uh, is a semi-apartment or a full apartment. You get uh, three meals a day and a nurse on call. Uh, they've teamed up with Discovery, who uh, add in that 400 rand uh, they subsidize the, uh, they subsidize the space for 400 rand a day and let's see be, be fascinated to see how this all plays out what the uptake is could this potentially be a solution for many other hotels uh, during this time and one more news story for the week is that uh, my uber eats app came alive again not for the full bouquet but for a certain purpose over the next couple of days and weeks and uh, to maybe give me a little bit more insight as to what I can do with my Uber Eats uh, app now I'm joined by the general manager of Uber Eats uh, Ali Pretorius uh, tell us a bit more about uh, what Uber Eats is uh, able to do at this point and uh, and what you've got lined up Absolutely so I'm almost as excited as you that we were able to reopen the application on Monday this week specifically to deliver essential goods what has happened with the regulations for lockdown is restaurants have had to close their doors and we were trying to figure out how do we support government to keep people in their homes but also ensure that we are bringing convenience into the lives of of people's homes as much as we possibly can and as we usually do and I think a a big part of the decision making was how do we ensure that our courier partners still have an earning opportunity. And so we pivoted very quickly. So kind of within a seven day turnaround time, the team put all of their efforts into figuring out how do we deliver essential goods on Uber Eats. So you're right, you're not seeing your usual prepared burgers, pizzas, etc. on the app at the moment. But what you are seeing is the things that you need right now, your toiletries, your top up convenience items, milk, bread, some frozen meals to help with your family, dinners, and even some meal kits from your favorite restaurants to help you cook at home. So which areas will Uber Eats be delivering in? We're glad to say that we are in Santon and um, in the inner ring, inner circle of Johannesburg at the moment. We're also in certain locations across the country, so parts of Pretoria, Amschlanga, bigger parts of Cape Town. We're using the availability of essential goods providers to help us navigate where exactly we are available, and we continue to expand this reach. So you alluded briefly onto the offering. Are there any changes compared to the usual Uber Eats sort of offering interface on the app? The the tried and tested and reliable Uber Eats service is the same. So you're still able to track your courier. You're still able to track your order. um, You're still able to chat to your courier and use our 24-7 chat support line. The things that have changed are obviously the restaurants that are available because we have a number of restaurants closed. We have also disabled cash. This is something very specifically done to manage the contact um, at handover in light of the efforts that government is is kind of 
um, implementing to flatten the curve. And we and we also have introduced a new feature, which specifically allows you to ask your courier to leave the product at door. Um, so that's just another initiative to drive contactless drop off. Other than that, it's service as usual. An interesting point you mentioned there, the contactless uh, drop-off. And uh, I think one of those things that uh, a lot of people are very conscious of in terms of, you know, how many people are in contact and how is the package and the parcel managed. So so what health procedures have you put in place along the, the value chain to reduce that, you know, the potential contamination? 100%. So I think the first thing that we've done is made sure that we use our channels to educate our partners as much as we possibly can. So that's using our global learnings to work with merchants online at the moment to understand what tools can they put in place to manage the delivery and then educating the couriers on understanding how to remain hygienic over the handover process. That includes, for example, providing them access to purchasing hand sanitizer and refunding them for that. It also includes a support that we provided to courier partners across South Africa in the event where they're infected. We ensure that we um, provide them financial assistance for up to 14 days. And it's continued education on how to manage the drop-off process. We're really proud that uh, we're the only application in South Africa that's actually automated the leave at door policy so that it's very easy for consumers to use this. And consumers actually are prompted to use leave at door to really help them understand that this contactless drop-off opportunity will mitigate any risks through the delivery. Well, Ali, I'm going to be monitoring my uh, Uber Eats app and see how uh, how you progress. And I hope we get a chance to catch up a couple of weeks down the line to see how uh, you, you've possibly expanded or how things have started moving back into some sort of new normal. But thank you so much for uh, popping onto the podcast and wish you all the best for the rest of your days in lockdown. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, while I have you, thank to all the merchants who've come online to ensure that they can provide products and to the couriers who are on the road, making sure that we can keep people at home to help support flattening the curve. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Time to take a step back from the realities of life at the moment and step into one of South Africa's hottest reality shows, uh, The Bachelor of South Africa, with a list of potential Mrs. Buckners getting shorter and shorter. And I guess last week uh, we saw Jessica Calder exit the show in dramatic fashion. And if you uh, don't remember Jessica, let me give you a quick recap. Jessica, she's 27. She's a patisserie chef and bakery owner who makes her own bespoke and decadent cakes and cookies in Constantia, Cape Town. And she does balance that out with a bit of uh, athleticism. She's got an athletic lifestyle and she joins me right now on the line jessica welcome hi thank you <laughs> good to have you on jessica wow you had yes. a pretty rough ending to what seemed like a very good run on the show yeah jeepers i was um, um blindsided if you might say <laughs> yeah she's talking about unceremonial exit i know i was so excited and then um yeah i was i was thrown to the deep end and um yeah put on two on one and how are you doing now um, I'm doing great. Uh, it was it was nice watching the show, and I've got some amazing feedback and support. So yeah, I'm feeling really good. That's good to hear, Jessica. Well, look, I mean, I must tell you quite honestly, I think I think you were a sure favourite uh, in my household in the show. And uh, oh, and, thank you. And the one thing that kept coming up is that you have the most incredible olive skin, and I'm guessing this is some sort of Mediterranean influence. <laughs> the strange thing is that I've actually got Scottish blood. So I think I need to start asking my parents some questions. I, I, think, it's, I think it's high time. I think Scottish is far from it. 
So look, we know we know the show isn't live. Uh, I mean, it's it's it was shot some time ago, um, and it seems like uh, being part of the show and now having to relive it all again. I mean, what is that like? Um, it's actually quite nice because you forget a lot of the things that have happened. It's it's really a lot of fun, and you start remembering all the the good times and all the memories that you have with the girls and with Mark. So it, it, it's really nice. I mean, I guess you also have you, you you've never seen it this way, right? Because I mean, you you see the unedited version when you live through it. Now you're literally getting like the the condensed version of what you went through. Yes, which is quite crazy because you know what happened, and um, sometimes, well, what I felt, I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if that's going to be shown, and are they going to show what I said, and you know, things like that. And then you watch it, and you're like, what was I worried about? That was fine. They cut out the bad parts. <laughs> So, I mean, you, you, it seems like you, uh, you're you living well, you're living in self-isolation at the moment, I guess, like all of us, but it seems like your 2020 yeah. has just been one of being locked up in houses so far. I went to America and um, that trip was cut short and so I had to come back and go into self-isolation. So I've, I've been in isolation for quite a bit longer than everyone else. Yeah, been completely alone. So I'm excited to go home tomorrow to my family. And you're also in, uh, I mean, you're, you're a pastry chef, as I mentioned earlier on, and uh, it seems like everyone and their dog is baking banana bread at the moment online. Uh, what's, I know, I can't what, believe it. What's, what's baking in your oven at the moment? Um, well, I'm in an Airbnb and there is no oven. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to get home where my brother has actually been doing a lot of baking. He's been making croissants and sending me all the pictures. So I'm excited to get home and do some baking with him. Well, I hope you share some recipes because I'm a horrible baker. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, nothing wrong with a fresh croissant or some uh, sourdough bread, which I still haven't managed to get right. Definitely. I'll, I'll do some um, Instagram stories so you can learn. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good. <laughs> so, Jess, I mean, you, you're out of the show now. I mean, I guess it's not the end of you and, and men uh, going forward. Being in isolation is a little bit harder. It's a bit of a FaceTime mm-hmm. uh, experience at the moment. I mean, how are you still managing to to try and uh, cook up some flames or, or are you just saying, look, I'm just going to have to put this all on pause until I can actually physically see somebody again? I've actually met a lot of guys, you know, after the show and they've all been amazing guys, but they haven't been my guy. So um, I'm just waiting to see what the universe has lined up for me. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And when the time is right, Mr. Wright will come and find me. So, um, yeah, we just need to wait until this lockdown's done. Yeah, exciting times. Look, I had a chance to chat to the producers early on uh, this year of the show and who, who kept referring mm-hmm. to this love bubble that develops over time when you're locked away for so long in this in this bachelorette house without any real connection yeah. to, the, to the rest of the world. Maybe you can just sort of share a bit a bit more about that. I mean, what, what what does that look like and what does that feel like? So you're in a house where it's just you and the girls and it really does feel like a bubble because you have no communication with the outside world. All you're talking about is what date you went on, how you're feeling about Mark, how you're feeling in general, just being in the house with a bunch of girls. So you really are in a bubble. And then you go out on your dates and it feels so amazing. You come back and then you're in it again, but now you're in it with the, all these feelings and emotions and you're talking to other girls about it. And, you know, it's that kind of thing. Who, who seem really interested, but probably shouldn't be that interested. Yes. 
<laughs> I mean, that for me is always the most bizarre thing. Now, there's this girl who's just come back. She's been uh, dating the man of your dreams, and now she's gushing all over how fantastic her date was and the kisses she got and the roses she received and everyone's sitting there like glued to, to the screen, literally, you know, wanting to hear more. And I'm thinking this doesn't make any sense. Yes, I think I think we we are all good um, actresses in that part of the show. <laughs> all right, okay. So not not all of that is very sincere. No, no, right. of course not. You know, we we're all so happy for each other. Okay, well, at least I've regained some sort of faith because I thought this is just completely bizarre. <laughs> I can't believe this. We're well, happy for our friends. Let's say that. Well, talking about friends, you had a, a very good uh, sort of close relationship with Bridget on the show. Have you guys remained in touch or, or caught up again? So I became very close to Bridget and Silka when I went into the house. Our friendship just like, it just had a spark. I don't know where it came from, but the three of us just clicked. And then over time, I became very close with Jillian, and she's absolutely amazing. So I'm hoping that after Women Tell All, we can all get together and rekindle our friendship. Fantastic, man. Now, you had a very pretty yeah. revealing game of Never Have I Ever. If, you know, if there's any episode to talk about uh, things you said on TV. And it sounds like you're quite an open-minded and adventurous uh, kind of person at heart. Uh, yeah, I like to say that I've um, done all the things that I would like to do. I also believe that before I settle down, I would like to get a lot of things done. Oh, so there is a bit um, of a bucket list, I- is there? <laughs> um, not really. But, you know, you want to say that, oh, I've done that. That was really nice. Well, I'm not going to do that again. So I can now say that, I guess. All right. Okay. Well, I'm not going to probe you anymore. I mean, we want to try and keep yeah, this uh, family friendly, you know. <laughs> so we, we chatted to Adeline when she left the show, and uh, she was quite forthcoming with inviting suitable candidates to DM her or to get in touch or to get their mothers to, to hook her up with their sons. Are you equally mm-hmm. as adventurous or are you a little bit more reserved? Do you have a bit more of a filtering process? I would love to meet someone. So I'm open to anything. If anyone's interested in me, you know my Instagram <laughs> handle. <laughs> yeah, use, it, um, use this as a plug. You know, use this platform yes. as a plug. <laughs> so I'm not going to say um, no to everyone, uh, let's say everyone, but I, I do want to give everyone a chance. You never know um, who your person could be. But you might line them all up in the garden one day and decide who you're going to give something to and who you don't. Yes. Maybe I'll be the next bachelorette and then I can do exactly what Mark's done. (laughs) Subtle hint there to Mnet. All right, Mnet, you know it. Subtle hint. Subtle hint. There you go. Jessica's keen. Jessica, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much. It's been great. All the best with the rest of your baking in isolation. And, oh, uh, thank you. May it be a good one. And, and you know, if you ever feel like it, you know, feel free to DHL me a croissant or a, or a pasté or whatever you're making. I will definitely do that. Thank you so much. Bye. And finally, there's a, a little bit of entertainment or a little bit of uh, laughter on the horizon for this uh, coming weekend. Uh, it's uh, tomorrow evening, Friday, the 10th of April. Good Friday. On the line, I've got uh, Skulk Poseidonhout. Skulk, how's it going? Hi, good and you, man. Listen, great to have you. Uh, great to have you on. I see you're you're, you're taking uh, another stab at uh, an online streaming comedy show. Yeah, man, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, the previous two were very lucky, and it's not so awkward anymore doing it for to no laughs and no people. Well, I am doing it to people, but invisible people at home. But but it must be really tough, though. I mean, like I I mean I, I've taken a stab at at doing some open 
mic sets. Uh, I mean, still the cool runnings. I mean, it's there is something about having a live audience that you can take a bit of energy from. So now presenting to your laptop screen with a camera, it, it must be so different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way, it's like your first gig again, you know, because uh, next year, I think, we yeah, are next year this time, I, I, I would be doing this for, for 10 years now. Um, but just you don't in look the it. same way, Thank you. <laughs> I um, yeah. I also didn't ever snore when I snore, when I started. But uh, my first gig, for example, I mean the the first one was very awkward. It was hard. The second one was better. The third one was even better. And the same with this. You know, the first live online show, the first ten minutes were were extremely awkward. I didn't know like if people were laughing at home. And the rest of the show, even though it got a bit less awkward, it was like a whole hour of not really knowing how it's going, you know what I mean? You, you, might, then, have to, um, the, you, you might have to go back to, you know, that sort of old-style uh, 1980s uh, U.S. comedy shows, you know, where they had to put in that artificial laughter, you know, halfway through the show yes, every time somebody yes. made a joke, you know? Yeah. That, I think that would make it more awkward, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> I think with these things, it's really just about, I mean, we say it in comedy so many times. It's, um, we say trust the material. And with a live online show more than ever, that those words have never been truer. It's just trust the material. That's actually all it is. You don't have the response from the people. You can't see anyone. So all you can do is look into that tiny camera on your laptop and trust the material. And if you, it's material that you've done. It's material that you've done in the clubs, that you've done in one-man shows, that people have laughed. So just trust it and trust that it's funny and hoy and have fun. I did that. I did that with the second one. I just went all in. I trusted the material. I had fun. And the response afterward was great again. And people said, we were at home alone, the two of us or the three of us, and, and we were laughing. So tomorrow night, uh, Friday, 10th of April, quarter past eight in the evening, it's going to be online. It's called Lockdown Laughs, the best of uh, live online show. It's going to be all English. Is that right? Yes, yes. So I decided uh, that the first one I was doing some of my newer material, which which hasn't been recorded or is not available anywhere to watch. So I decided for the second one, I would take all my material, all my English stand-up material that I've done over the last nine years. I've done three one-man shows in English, second language, Jersey Boy and Skulky. And in total, that's about four and a half, almost five hours of material. So I decided to go out of all that, go take my favorite hour my best hour out of all that material and do that for the the peoples on friday night is mr van aswegen making a return mr van aswegen from the choir remind oh yes 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 the choir yes he will definitely i i think that is a i think that is definitely um not even negotiable the choir joke is definitely that must be one of your of. that must be one of your finest pieces ever i still think about that on a regular basis and it absolutely finishes me Thank you. Yeah, no, that will you can you can count on the choir joke being in there. Yes, the so, choir story. So, what do people need to do to to be part of this uh, online fest of of fun? Well, it's very easy. You go onto my Instagram page and you go to the link in my bio, or you can go onto Facebook. I just posted this morning, about four hours ago. Um, just go look at my latest Facebook post. You'll see the poster there, and in the caption, the link is there. And it will take you to a landing page. You click buy now. It will take you to Quicket and you make your payment. It's 50 rand a ticket, but it's 50 rand per household because obviously mom, dad, 
Uti Sisi will all watch on one device. So it's not 50 rand per person. So that's where you're lucky. If you think people in the house during this lockdown, it's 50 rand for 10 people. She's saying it's a bargain. Five rand a person. Yeah. Fantastic. That's sorry. a bargain. So so you go into Quicket and you make your payment and then you will, in your email, you will receive a link to the webinar uh, on Friday night, which you will click on at 10 past 8. It will take you to a room and there'll be a five-minute countdown and then the show will start. It's as easy as that. And, and do I get to see the other people in the audience or is, am I just seeing you? No, you're just seeing me. You're just seeing me. And um, But there is a comment section. So while the show is going on, you can see other people commenting. You yourself can comment. But people can sit, yeah. in, the, people can sit in the icebrook and not worry that anyone else is seeing them. No, no, no. Your camera does, can cannot get, get access. We're not the government. <laughs> and we, no, no one can see you. No one can see you. All right. That's awesome, man. So, Skulk, uh, just in general, I mean, how's it been uh, being a comedian and an artist in a time where you can't have an audience and you can't be, you know, on stage? Oh, I guess it's just, um, I guess for all artists, it's just finding other way, you know, other ways and means. I mean, I, the live online show thing, for example, is it's it's something I would never have considered why would I want to do a show in front of my laptop to no laughs when I can go on stage? Sure. So the fact that I literally, it's illegal now to go on stage and get an audience in one room um, has forced me to look at other ways. And, you know, now in a, in a, in a weird way, I'm quite, quite grateful because now it's this wonderful new medium of performance that I've, uh, discovered that under normal circumstances, I would never have found. Does it make you think about doing sort of uh, like a, a like I don't know, in future producing a uh, an audio that people can download on or, or get on iTunes or maybe a, a sort of a TV special or a, or a Netflix special that that you kind of diversify your performing platforms a bit more? Yeah, sure. I mean, like with, with digital and technology and everything, the possibilities are endless, I guess. I mean, even when the lockdown ends and uh, when the world goes back to normal and we do return to live shows, um, I would still like to do maybe once a year a live online show because what I've realized is there's people in parts of the country and parts of the world where we just don't get to. I mean, I'm not going to go now within the first, within the next few years go tour in Spain if I know there's 10 South Africans in Spain who want to watch me yeah. or I've got two Spanish fans and a live online show is just a fantastic way for people who do want to see you perform but you, you, you don't go to their neck of the woods. What's the furthest, uh, or what's the furthest country you've had people uh, tune in from? Some of the previous ones I've had people saying they've been watching from Spain and Vietnam and China and America and people were, got up at four in the morning to watch from Australia. What has been quite special about these shows also is because people now are just like really missing home and missing their families, South Africans, because, you know, everyone's so worried about each other. Everyone's worried about your family. So um, it's already tough being in a different country as a South African and being away from your friends and family. But being away from your friends and family in a time like this is obviously 10 times worse. And, um, you know, some people, just just the fact that they were watching, let's say, in Spain, and they knew 
that their family was watching the same show at the same time in South Africa, just that, like, kind of for that hour made them feel that they sort of were here or sort of with their family. Because, you know, some people were watching, and then as they were watching, they were chatting on, on WhatsApp, you know, oh, my word, that joke, or this is so you, or that is so true, or whatever. So, yeah, it's 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 been really lacquer to, to do. Um, and it's something that I think I actually quite, quite miss. I never thought I'd, I'd miss doing a show to, to know people or laughs, but I think once things go back to normal live online shows, something I will miss. Well, Scott, listen, good, good luck to you for the show this week. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fantastic when your, your work is always, you know, keeps us all sane and at least takes our mind off things for a little bit. And uh, I hope we get a chance to chat once you return back to the Dunkel de Theater. I know I've seen you there once or twice and uh, back in the flesh. I hope this becomes something that becomes part of your portfolio going forward. Yeah, lekker. I hope so too. Thanks, man. Fantastic. Great to have you on and uh, look after yourself. Cool. You too. Be safe. Lekker. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's been the show for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting. As uh, mentioned right in the beginning, if you want to get in touch, please feel free to email editor at santantimes.co.za. Connect on the social media accounts at Santantimes. Visit the website santantimes.co.za. Please, if you've got some time today, make sure you subscribe, share, and leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and SoundCloud. And like I mentioned right in the beginning, if you are on SoundCloud, if you haven't been onto SoundCloud, please do go on to soundcloud.com forward slash Times, and you can make a contribution for us to grow this podcast to expand it there's a little blue button on the Santon Times SoundCloud uh, page you can click on it it says support Santon Times and whatever your contribution is if it's big if it's small it doesn't matter every little bit counts and uh, it helps us really keep this podcast going and grow it more and more thank you to my guests today I think they've all been uh, really insightful really interesting and I hope you've taken something out of it another week of lockdown ahead of us so please stay safe stay at home make the best of the Easter weekend it's upon us I'll chat to you again next week 